1: This is Sports Beat AM featuring a conversation with Blue and Gold Illustrated Notre Dame football beat reporter Tyler Horka. You can follow Tyler at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Spring practice just two weeks, again, two weeks away for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And Tyler, we'll start with that theme. I know you wrote an article recently on a dark horse candidate or two. For this Notre Dame football team who might come out of nowhere to possibly be a a bigger contributor on this football team who comes to mind for you?
0: Yeah, I think I definitely have to think of that wide receiver room because that's all anybody wants to talk about this offseason and rightfully so. I mean, they had to move Matt Solano up from walk-on status to scholarship status just because the numbers are so dire. So. Uh, I look to that room, especially after losing Kevin Austin Jr. to the NFL draft. I mean, eight hundred and eighty eight receiving yards. I think he had uh, close to fifty receptions. So he was the main target in terms of wide receivers, Obviously Michael Mayer being the main target overall. But I look to the wide receiver room and I think of a guy like Jaden Thomas. He's in that sophomore class with Dion Colsey and Lorenzo Styles. And the only reason I don't name someone like Dion Colsey for, uh, dark horse status is because I think the the wide receiver room is so dire that Colsey's going to have to be counted on to be uh, a go-to guy in the wake of Austin's absence, even though uh, he came on a little bit at the end of the year, but it wasn't, you know, a Lorenzo styles type breakout freshman campaign for Colsey. So I think those two guys styles and Colsey are going to have to be big no matter what. And then you look like a guy, you look at a guy like Jaden Thomas who has pretty good size He's about six, one, six, two, and 215 pounds so I think he can do some some different things from both the boundary and field receiver positions that uh, maybe a guy like Brayden Lindsay I think we saw Braden Lindsay last year I know he's coming back for another season but you know that that might be what Braden Lindsay is I don't know if Notre Dame can expect too much more from Braden Lindsay and if they get what they got from him last year you know that, that'll be good I think Jaden Thomas has to come in and maybe relieve him at the field posi- the, the field receiver position a little bit more than uh, was, Lindsay was able to come off the field last year. And, and if that's the case, I think Thomas is going to be the guy to do so. So this is a big spring for him. It's going to be a big fall camp. And like I said, the attrition at the receiver position was just so dire. Notre Dame's going to have to have a collection of guys produce at that position, and Thomas could be one that steps up.
1: One player who left that wide receiver room was Kevin Austin Jr. and he is one of five Irish players taking part in the NFL Combine this week. Austin, Myron Tagavayola Mosa, Jack Cohn, Kyron Williams, and Kyle Hamilton. Tyler, as you look at those five, who do you feel like has the most to prove this week at the Combine?
0: Yeah, we might as well just keep talking about <laughs> yeah. the wide receivers. I figured so. I think it I think it is Kevin Austin Jr. just because Right now, I mean, you look at mock drafts, I don't think they extend out to seven rounds right now. But if I had to guess where Kevin Austin Jr. is, he's a fringe draft pick and, and maybe a undrafted free agent status. So he's got everything in the world to prove just because, you know, he could have come back like Braden Lindsay did, like Avery Davis did. And I I think, you know, even Joe Wilkins came back as well. I think a lot of people thought he would just because, okay, they saw, like I mentioned those numbers earlier, close to 50 catches, Uh, close to a thousand yards maybe he could have turned into a 70 catch guy uh, a 1200 yard guy and at that point I think a lot of people would have said he's done everything he can do in college now he's gonna get drafted so uh, the combine is where he has to prove that he is a reliable receiver Uh, he has to prove that you know he can go through those drills because they put receivers through the ringer at the combine and there's just so many routes they have to run that you know pass catching at you know catching, catching, catching is is what they have to do. And Austin struggled with that a little bit at Notre Dame. He had a pretty good, you know, senior year this past season, but, you know, now he's got to go prove to scouts from every single team in the NFL that he can do it consistently. He can do it reliably. And, um, you know, the, he didn't talk to the media as much as, um, you know, I thought he would last season based on the season that he had. And, you know, he's going to be up there in front of how, you know, who knows how many reporters and I know the scouts kind of, stand in on that too so he's got everything in the world approved both on and off the field this week at the combine
1: hamilton williams obviously locks to make nfl rosters i'm really curious to see the route to the nfl for jack Cohn. i think he's going to be drafted my opinion and you know what tyler it wouldn't surprise me if he's not that classic backup that might hang around the nfl for a little while because he's got a high football IQ. I think he's dependable. He's accurate. I don't think he has the flashy traits that you're looking for, but I think a very dependable backup quarterback, your thoughts on what Jack Cone might become at the next level.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. And I think I made the comparison with my coworker, Patrick Engel, who's actually down at the combine is going to, and is going to have a lot of really good content at blue dot for us throughout the week. But I told him, Jack Cohn kind of reminds me like of a Garrett Gilbert type who started his career at Texas, obviously did not go the way that he would have wanted. As, you know He was the number one high school quarterback, uh, maybe in the country. I know uh, coming out of the state of Texas, which which means a lot, and then transfers to SMU and, and plays a little better there. But at that point, I don't think anybody's thinking, oh yeah, this guy's going to be in the league for a little bit. And You know, you look five, six years later and he's still in the league at that point. So I think Jack Cohn is kind of like that, you know, started his career at Wisconsin and it went okay. But, you know, at at some point he's transferring to Notre Dame because, you know, the the writing was on the wall. He was being replaced by Graham Mertz and goes to Notre Dame. And just like Gilbert did at SMU, plays a little better, puts up some numbers. Uh, You know, who knows what Jack Cohn would have done if Notre Dame's offensive line was a little bit better to start the season last year. Maybe we're talking about, 30 touchdowns in 3,500 yards. And at, at that point, I think people might be saying, yeah, this guy has a future in the league, but like you said, you know, just a consummate backup and that's just, he's a character guy. Um, you know, like I said, if, if the offensive line is protecting for him, he's accurate, he's going to make throws, not the most mobile guy in the world, which, you know, at, at the NFL level these days, you kind of have to be, but, um, I think he, he fits as a backup because maybe you do have a more mobile guy mm-hmm. as a starter in the NFL, and he gets hurt, and then you're like, okay, we're going to bring in a guy who is smart, is accurate, is not going to make the mistake, and, and that's what Jack Cohn is, and I think he's going to impress off the combine in that way, and he could end up on an NFL roster because of it.
1: He's Tyler Horka, beat reporter for Notre Dame football at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Recently, national writer Dennis Dodd kind of got a storyline started about the attendance drop across the country for college football. And there are a lot of reasons why attendance is down. I think the biggest is cost and also TVs are pretty awesome nowadays. And you can build a really nice man cave and have some friends over and, and watch the ball game you've been around Notre Dame football for now one season and you saw a lot of empty seats. Notre Dame's longstanding sellout streak ended a couple of years ago. As you looked at Notre Dame, what kind of stood out to you?
0: Yeah. What stood out is this is not a Notre Dame problem and it's definitely a national problem. Uh, Don't mean to bring up Texas again, but that's where I went to school and I try to make it back for (laughs) one game there every single year. And uh, I did this past year I think Texas played Oklahoma State and you know during Notre Dame's bye week and there were empty seats there too. so it's happening all over the country. you mentioned cost uh, it's it's definitely a cost thing and and look it's more than just oh man, the tickets for this game are super expensive. South Bend isn't the biggest city in the world. you've got to start thinking of hotel rooms and hotel rooms get booked up really quick and then you know the hotel room cost goes up too and uh, who knows where these people are coming from too. It's not just, Oh yeah, let's make the 2-hour drive from Chicago. I mean, uh, on the blueandgold.com message board, I see people who live in Texas, I see people who live in California, Florida. These people are coming from all over the country and that's not the most um, you know, inexpensive thing in the world to do to travel to a Notre Dame football game. So, uh, in terms of just the seven, I think it was seven home games that Notre Dame had last year, I was, you know, I know I know it was Toledo to to start the season and that was the season opener, but I mean, that that was quite an anomaly in terms of attendance, and that kind of really drove the figure down. You're talking about barely 62,000 people there at a 77,000-seat 70, stadium, and then every single game other than that had at least 70,000 people. Cincinnati and USC were sellouts. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, Cincinnati was a top-five team in the country, and people want to come see, you know, a top-ten game, I think, at that time. So people are still going to come out for the big games, but – um, even if it's a season opener and your opponent is Toledo, you know, you're, you're starting to say, yeah, maybe I can just watch this one from home or, or try out Peacock. I think that was a really big thing. Why <laughs> a lot of people didn't go to that game. It's like, okay, do I spend a hundred dollars just on a ticket and then think about all these travel expenses? Or do I try out this new streaming platform? I only have to pay six bucks a month for So, uh, just a lot of factors cost being probably number one there.
1: Finally, just a quick thought on the Irish hockey team sweeping Michigan last weekend.
0: Yeah, that was uh, and it was amazing to be in the building, uh, especially Saturday night. Notre Dame's wearing their green uniforms, and I thought that was an awesome ma- uniform matchup, Michigan wearing those all yellows or all maze, whatever you want to yeah. call them. But I think the team itself is playing really well, top to bottom. Uh, obviously, I think that was five games in a row, getting a, a goal from the fourth line, even though head coach Jack, Jeff Jackson doesn't want to call it the fourth line because, you know, he's just got four lines that can play really good hockey. And I think the same could be said for the defensive core, too. I mean, everybody from Nick Lieberman to Chase Blackman and everybody in between uh, playing outstanding defense, even getting contributions from a guy like Charlie Wraith too, in, in a seven-man defensive unit. So just playing awesome uh, front to back. And can't, uh, you know, do this segment without mentioning Matthew Golida either, who's, second, you know, big Big Ten second star of the week and just playing outstanding between the pipes. That's what you need from, you know, center on back. You need everyone playing good hockey, and they're doing it at the right time.
1: Tyler, what's happening right now at Blue and Gold Illustrated? Blueandgold.com.
0: Yeah, like I said, we have Patrick Engel down at the Combine, so he's going to have everything from those interviews. I think he's going to be able to watch some workouts as well. But then, uh, you know, the Notre Dame women's basketball team starts the – Uh, ACC tournament this week as does the hockey team we'll have coverage from that the baseball team is absolutely rolling outscoring opponents 45 to 4 last Mm -hmm. weekend so we've got baseball coverage and uh, like you said it's March so we're gonna start doing some uh, Notre Dame football spring practice preview stuff as well so now is absolutely the time to be at blueandgold.com because we've got coverage like nobody else on all of these Notre Dame sports so Sign up for $1 and it'll get you a one year subscription. And uh, like I said, you can read everything your Notre Dame heart fancies because it's all there.
1: Absolutely. Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. He is Notre Dame football beat reporter Tyler Horka. Joins me every Wednesday to talk fighting Irish football. Good to catch up with you and hopefully we'll see you at the ice rink this weekend.
0: Absolutely, you will. Thanks, Terry. All
1: right. Thanks, Tyler, very much. Tyler Horka. Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, 845 at WSBT. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.